Are you longing for real life change and lasting impact? Here at More To Be, we believe that is possible through a fresh encounter with God and His Word. I'm Angela Sackett. And I'm Lisa Pulliam. And together we want to help you think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in His work every day. So we cannot believe we're at the end of season one. Oh my goodness. And yes. today, I don't know that it could be more fitting. We're, we're going to talk about being a woman of wisdom. And uh, you and I both have been very excited for this passage of scripture and this topic in general. So tell us where you kind of are coming from when you are thinking about this idea of being a woman of wisdom. Yeah. So it kind of came up out of the blue. Uh, in my Bible reading, I, I've mentioned this before, I kind of have like a convoluted way of reading the Bible where I've put post-it notes in different sections, kind of divided my Bible up into, I think, four or five parts. So I have found myself in Proverbs. And if I, I, I remember back when we had Sarah on the episode and she would like pound her fist on the, t- on the table and you could <laughs> hear it on the recording, that's been like me reading Proverbs where if there's anybody in the room and nobody's in the room, I'm like, oh my word. Can you believe this is in scripture? Like, how many times have I read Proverbs over the last 15 years of of serious Bible reading, and yet it's like I'm reading it for the first time? So, you know, looking back, you can hear me flipping the pages of my Bible. I think what really stands out to me is the whole book is about wisdom, but we we get to meet wisdom, and we're going to meet her in chapter 8. And I think why it's stuck so personally to me is because, you know, the chapter two talks about, you know, it starts with my child, listen to what I say. So as a mom raising children, I'm thinking, have I imparted these words on my kids? Like, do they know that wisdom is found in the word? And can they discern the difference between what what somebody is saying versus what the word of God is saying? Where where are they getting their wisdom from? And then looking into, you know, that chapter, all of chapter two, three, four, uh, five, especially, it talks about the immoral woman and the adulterer and the, the warning to the man to watch very carefully the life that they're leading and who they're in relationship with. And, and so I think that's important to me on kind of two different levels. I mean, one I always talk about the girls because they're my firstborns. Like they, I've been, I've already been in the trenches with two teenage girls. The twins are now turning into their official teens this summer. They'll be turning 13 and I'm seeing my son transform into a man. I mean, like every time I look at him, I just kind of sit back and I'm like, oh my word, like you don't look the same. Like he, I feel like he's changing every single day and I'm very in tune to what does it mean to raise this boy into a man? And then we come from a families where the sin of adultery has destroyed our parents' marriages, uh, both on my side and my, my husband's side. And have lived with that tension point, our 20, almost 22 years of marriage of like, how does that happen? How do you, how do you end up in an affair? Mm-hmm. And, and what steps do you need to do to guard against that? And so, I mean, we could have a whole episode just on that piece, which I think would be worthy of having that conversation. But when you get to chapter eight, we meet wisdom. And I feel like, why is she not everybody's best friend? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. where I'm at. What about you? Because I know this resonates with you. When I said, can we do chapter eight in Proverbs? You're like, oh, my word. (laughs) Well, and you know, I'm I'm kind of the flip. I have four boys and one girl in the middle. And I remember being younger and always hearing, you know, we had this sort of image of girls had to look out for boys. You know, we had to look out for the boys and reverse that raising sons. And now I have have two who are young men who are in the Mm. process of getting engaged and getting married and going through premarital counseling and learning what does it mean to be a wise man and a man of character and preparing to be a husband and a father someday. And boy, does that raise the the pressure level even more. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also, you know, having those conversations as they're 
flying the nest? What is wisdom? What does it mean to be a man of God? And those are conversations we've had since they were babies. I had them probably way more than, you know, before they, they knew they were mm-hmm. running. Um, but then also I've, I've an interesting dynamic because I have two younger ones at the other end who are watching the older ones and the decision they're making. So this, I mean, this conversation and I shared with you before we started recording is so timely in our family because we are talking about what does it mean to be wise. And even on top of that, and we've talked about this in past episodes, really understanding as believers, Mm -hmm. we have an enemy. We have a predator who is after our souls, who wants to destroy our marriages, who wants to destroy our relationship with the Lord and our influence in the world around us. And understanding, you know, you kind of said it earlier, we have to know what is truth. Yeah. What is good? What is beautiful? What is wise? We have to know that so that we can combat when the lies are whispered into our ear and into our heart um, by the enemy of our yeah. soul. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's just amazing. So why don't we just jump right in? And we've talked about how to do it with this passage. You know, in our previous episodes together, we've done we've read the whole chapter and then talked back and forth about it. But uh, today we've talked about talking, reading parts of it in chunks and then breaking it down because we don't want to lose anybody reading uh, 36 <laughs> chapters, 36 verses in Proverbs when there's so much. We'll give you grace. We'll break it up a little bit. We're going to break, we're gonna break it up today as, as we read through this and really steep in this word. So, Angela, you want to start with those? I think we said the first yes. 11 verses. Yes, let's do that. Listen as wisdom calls out. Here, as understanding raises her voice. On the hilltop along the road, she takes her stand at the crossroads. By the gates at the entrance to the town, on the road leading in, she cries aloud, I call to you, to all of you. I raise my voice to all people. You simple people, use good judgment. You foolish people, show some understanding. Listen to me, for I have important things to tell you. Everything I say is right, for I speak the truth and detest every kind of deception. My advice is wholesome. There's nothing devious or crooked in it. My words are plain to anyone with understanding, clear to those with knowledge. Choose my instruction rather than silver and knowledge rather than pure gold. For wisdom is far more valuable than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare to it. Mm, good stuff. I, I envision um, Speaker's Corner in London. So I spent my... Um, junior year first semester abroad in London and it was the first time I really had a a cultural experience like that being removed from what was familiar and being in a new place a new place with so much history as Mm -hmm. well I mean that's just that's Europe right but um there I forget the name of the park what park was it but at the corner of this one park in London, it's called Speaker's Corner. And from years upon years upon years, people would stand on milk crates and they would shout to whoever was passing by whatever passion point was on <laughs> on their heart. And I, that's the visual that I have is this, this uh, beautiful female that has depth of spirit and, wis- you know, winsomeness in her eyes is pleading from standing on top of this podium, listen to what I have to say. This is for your good. I, I am here for you. And, you know, in our modern day times, I kind of feel like all, everybody's walking around with their heads in their, their smartphones with their, you know, or a hand in their pockets and they're passing by her and, and she's speaking to the tops of heads and nobody's listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think there is a there's a mindset too that there is nothing to be learned from anybody else. I'm as the word says, wise in my own eyes. I don't need right. anything from anybody else. Right. Um, and if you've ever been a young adult or you've ever raised a young adult, there is that tendency to go through that. Yeah. You know, I know. Right. <laughs> right. And yet there are specific places that she stands. And mm-hmm. I think what are, are the what are the modern day examples of that? Like she stands on the hilltop along the road. She takes her stand at the crossroads. She stands at the gate at the entrance to the town. Uh, on the road leading to it, she cries aloud. Like there, to me, it's almost like there's these markers mm-hmm. that we could say our life also has those markers where if we don't check in with wisdom at those places, we're kind of up the creek. Yeah. 
would you, would you, what, what, what markers kind of come out in your mind are, what's the hilltop? What's the crossroads? What's the gate? What's the road leading in? Well, it's funny because I don't know that I've ever heard of these, these passages being placed parallel, but I'm thinking immediately of Deuteronomy. I believe it's Deuteronomy six, where it talks yes. about teaching to your families when you rise up, when you go out, when you come in, when you lie down, all of yes. those things sit at the table. Um, and then I'm thinking about um, the Great Commission, go into all the world, into Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth, and how there's kind of this natural breakdown of my personal life with Christ, my relationship with mm-hmm. him, my, my family, mm-hmm. my workplace, or my within the body of Christ, I guess, would be next, and then my workplace or my neighborhood. Um, and I think in each one of those areas, and I don't know that you can necessarily parallel with these mm-hmm. verses, but there are specific things we need to be mindful of what the word does teach us. What mm. is truth about my relationship with God? Who is he? Who am I in him? What is truth? Um, and you and I have talked a lot about being seasoned in our marriages and yet walking through seasons of growing and mm. learning anew about this person I'm married to and this covenant that I'm a part of. Parenting, holy cannoli, it's a whole new ball of wax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to learn all over again i'm 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 literally have my face glued to my bible trying to you know gain wisdom i need to know how to parent young adults my young adults need to know how to grow through this season so i'm kind of thinking there's like a natural breakdown in that you know our personal walk with christ Mm -hmm. our relationships in the home in the body of christ and then how do we interact with unbelievers um with people who don't know him yet, which, you know, I'm, I'm working on a whole series for this summer seasoned, which is kind of digging into that. How do we become the people God has us to be in order to be rightly, winsomely, as you say, mm-hmm. lovingly, intentionally and engaged with people who don't know him yet or who are coming to know him. That's so, so neat that you saw those, those, um, I don't even know what you would call them, the hilltop, the crossroads, as, as people groups. Because that is your heart. I, I see them as that journey from like childhood oh, cool. on. Like, yes. like the hilltop is, is the life through 18. And then the crossroads, maybe because I'm dealing with a 16-year-old right now, we're trying to pick college. <laughs> you know, there's a huge crossroads there of wow. where do I go to college? What am I doing for my living? Is college the best option for me? What are alternatives? And then, you know, that crossroad really continues with what marriage am I entering into? Who am I going to be in relationship with? And then that road leading, like I kind of feel like we're on that road of the journey to eternity. How is God working in our lives and manifesting in our relationships, like you're saying? And where are we seeking wisdom from the word and from those who hold the word dear Mm -hmm. in these um, transitional spaces of our lives, places, yeah. spaces. I'm not really sure what the best way is to describe it. And I think listening. that's so wise. Yeah, yeah I, I totally go there with you. And it's funny because we had a conversation recently with one of our children about, you know, they our kids have been raised in a Christian home. They've been raised with the word. They've been raised hearing the name of Christ. Um, and in a particular situation, one of our kids was saying, well, I'm praying about this. And we had to go back and revisit, hang on, just saying I'm praying about it or mm-hmm. saying even even saying the words I'm seeking wisdom goes beyond just lip service. You know, mm-hmm. it goes, you, you said it. I'm, am I seeking God's actual truth that he spoke in his word? Mm-hmm. And then if I'm asking for advice from people, am I going to people who that's their source of wisdom? Yeah. Um, so that difference between the lip service and the actual walking it out on that crossroads, on that road journey, whatever it is. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. a challenge because I think, I don't, I don't know how many other people feel like I feel right now, but, um, in our new world, in this environment that we live in, our, our community of people are primarily our age Mm -hmm. in our seasons. That's the word that you've been using lately, but they're, they're, we're in the same trenches. And I think that's a byproduct of when you have kids, you you end up in the same circles of people that age. Um, And so we've been having to make some tough decisions lately. And one of the the stressors on us is the lack of gray hairs, Mm. that gray hairs, gray hairs who are still married, 
who understand yeah. the marital tensions of making decisions and the financial burdens that sometimes we feel and the dynamics of raising kids because uh, it's it's like we need people who have walked this road yes. ahead of us to say, have you prayed about this? Have you considered this? And, yes. you know, how does the word apply to you in this situation? And, I mean, that goes back to my you know, issues with why we need generations to be cross-wired together because we, we need to learn from the stories of God's faithfulness and how his character plays out while making those decisions. Yeah. Well, and understanding that, you know, this verse eight talks about giving wisdom gives wholesome advice. It, verse six, it speaks truth. Verse nine, it speaks plainly. Yes. Um, I, I, my heart broke because I recently sat at a women's event and I heard a speaker say, you know how you know when you've gotten good advice is you should feel better about yourself when you walk away. Ooh. And I thought, oh, no. we should not feel horrible about ourselves, but my word, we should recognize our desperate need for God. And a wise counselor will say the hard things that we may not want to hear. And a wise man, a yeah. wise woman will want to hear those things. I have, you know, I've said this before. I have a couple girlfriends that I will go to because I know they will say the hard things to me. Yeah. And that's, that's wisdom. It's personified here as the one who speaks truth, who gives wholesome advice, who speaks yeah. plainly. And we need to be really careful as Jesus girls that we aren't just going to every, you know, speaker book, podcast, whatever it is that makes me feel good in the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that points us back to the truth that we are all desperate sinners in need of God's grace, in need of his redemption, his transformation ongoing. Yeah, I've got a great story that totally illustrates how the worst delivery and the most painfully true advice can make you feel terrible but save your life. Like <laughs> we, um, when we were living at the boarding school, uh, there was a constant tension of uh, housing and I, you know, three, we were three years in the boys' dorm. We were brand, brand new to marriage. We, Leah, our oldest, we, she was born there. We got pregnant with Abby there. And the whole time we lived there, my mind was, when will we get a house? When will we get a house? When will we get a house? Because the family before us moved out of the dorm and into a house. And it wasn't really clear how the housing lottery worked. And so every spring there would be this tension, who's leaving? What houses are available? Who's doing the shuffle? And there were some years that the shuffle was like 10 families moving like a domino week by week. And there were other years where maybe two families would move. Like it was never predictable. So we were married probably 10 years at this point, And we were out of the dorm into a rental house, back into a dorm, uh, back into another schoolhouse. And in that house, we had the twins. And when we moved into the house, we didn't. So our family really doubled in size with them, and the house became too small. And I was, like, wringing my, my hands, like, when will we get the bigger house? Mm. Uh, and, and jealous and frustrated, and I would complain about it all the time. And we, we had some people over, and this uh, older woman who had been in part of the faculty for decades heard me grumbling and complaining and she just looked at me and she was very, I mean, she would never mince words. So she did it in that moment. She's <laughs> like, I have seen more women miserable over those stinking battleship houses. Are you going <laughs> to let it steal your joy too? And I was like, what are you talking about battleships? So she, she looked at the houses that the school owned as a fleet. And there were these three really big houses compared to the rest of the houses and, and she called them the battleship houses. And she had stories of women who allowed that coveting of that particular house, as justified as it might have felt for each of those women, to destroy their joy and cause tension in their marriage and resentment towards the school. And I remember sitting there. I was One, I was embarrassed, mm. totally embarrassed. Two, I was mad. Because she didn't show me empathy or sympathy or compassion. Three, I kind of got a little huffy and thought, well, who are you to judge? Because she wasn't married. She didn't have any children. And her house was this cute little cottage. And it was perfectly suited for her. And, and I thought, you don't get me. You don't understand. But the Holy Spirit <laughs> descended upon me in the, the, those days 
that followed. And all I could hear was, you're going to let the battleship steal your joy. Wow. And I thought, no, God, that's not how I want to be remembered. I don't want to walk in the line of this legacy that of these other women who have been miserable. And I began praying, God, thank you for this house. Every time I was frustrated, I just said, God, thank you for this house. Thank you for the space. Thank you for my husband. Thank you for the children. Thank you, thank you. I just learned how even if we had a gathering that was too many people in too small of a space, I would say, Lord, thank you that you have provided this roof over our heads. And it took a long time. And I've had to revisit that lesson many times because that was like four and a half houses ago, I think, or five houses ago that I had to learn that. That, that, that was wisdom yeah. from years. It was wisdom that was consistent with God's word. Do not covet. Good night. It's in the Ten Commandments. Like, she called me out on it. <laughs> Hard to hear, but so needed. So needed. She, yeah. she, in that moment, rescued me from a lot of damage I would have done to myself and my family. Hurts good. That's what my dad used to always say. It hurts good. Yes, yeah, sometimes it really is. Sometimes it really let's, is. You want to let's take yeah. that next section and kind of pick it apart a little bit. So we're I'm going to go to verse 12 and read yeah. up to 17 in Proverbs 8. I wisdom live together with good judgment. Well, you literally did live together with good judgment. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech. Common sense and success belong to me. Insight and strength are mine. Because of me, kings reign and rulers make just decrees. Rulers lead with my help and nobles make righteous judgment. I love all who love me. Those who search will surely find me. Mm. Mm. It's just, there's just so much. Mm -hmm. I mean, are, are we living with good judgment? If not, where's wisdom? Mm -hmm. No, that verse 12 really jumps out to me. I live together with, with good judgment. I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. Mm -hmm. uh, and you and I have talked about this before as parents, but I think for all of us, um, there's knowing. We know certain things mm -hmm. in our core. People who don't know the Lord know certain things in their core. Um, but even as young Christians, even as new followers of Jesus, there's certain things that we know to be true. But then there are often times, and you and I both are in different seasons, different mm -hmm. areas of this right now where we're, you know, oh, my word, I don't know how to do this. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. Wisdom doesn't just have all the answers. It knows where to go searching for it. Mm. And then not just knowing, but also living it out, I think is important. And that's, you know, one conversation that we've been having with our kids too. It's one thing to be able to spout off the verses that we learned as songs when you were a little kid. Mm -hmm. It's another thing to be a woman or a man of integrity who walks those out. And, you know, I just think my, our friends that are listening today, is that you, are you in a place where God's challenging you to walk out what he's taught you? Or are you in a place where you've hit a wall and you think, I do not know mm -hmm. the answer to this. But do you know where to go find the answers? Yeah, yeah. I found it interesting, too, on this, on verse 14, common sense and success belong to me, insight and strength are mine. I mean, there's just so much in those, like, few words that, you know, we often say, oh, she might be really smart, but she wasn't born with much common sense, <laughs> right? I mean, how many times have you heard people refer to common sense as a gift? Mm -hmm. And the truth is, actually, it's not our gift, Common sense comes through the practice of pursuing wisdom mm -hmm. and saying, I don't know what I'm doing next. I don't know how to do this. This doesn't make any sense to me, but I know the one who knows. And Which is so, hope-giving. <laughs> very hope-giving, very hope-giving. And that, you know, success, how does success defined by the world differ than success defined by wisdom? Yeah. Oh, and then the next passages are going to talk about that as we get into the, the idea of wealth. And then insight and strength. Like, how many times do we stand there feeling like, I just don't even know what to do next, and I feel completely overwhelmed. And, and yet, we're promised through the word that we can have insight and we can have strength because wisdom wants to dwell with us. 
Yeah. I'm thinking about, you know, I have that image of the, the kings and the rulers leading with wisdom. And we, my daughter and I, we've been in very into British historical TV lately. Oh, yes. And uh, the, the sovereigns, you know, the royals, yeah. the historical stuff is so yeah. much fun. And the, um, oh, I can't even remember which queen it is now. It's terrible. But, um, you know, kings and queens that come into rulership as children, this yes. weird dynamic. And we see this in scripture, too, where we read about, you know, this boy became a king at 12 or 10 mm-hmm. or whatever it is. I mean, I look at my little 10-year-old, and I think, boy, it's not ready to rule a kingdom, <laughs> although he might think he is some days. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. Kingdom of his own making. Um, but the there was this provision for wise counselors brought in, and, and we even have that in our own very American system. You know, there's yes. a provision for wise counsel coming around a leader. Yeah. Um, and there's something to be said for that for us as women you know, we have, we, we talked about better together, be better together. Yeah. There's something to be said for seeking out wise counsel, intentionally aligning yourself with, as you said, the gray hairs. Yeah. I mean, you know, my best friend in the world is a 78 year old lady. And <laughs> right, right. And I, I get stuff from her. I'm not going to get from people yeah. who are, who are where I am. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It makes a difference. It really makes a difference because when they speak, from a place of the the wisdom that has come through the years, they carry an authority that mm-hmm. I think increases our faith. I mean, in the in the more to be tribe group where we've been going through the raw scripture studies, and all of last month was on doubt, and all of this month is on belief, like having faith. And, and somehow I included the same scripture passage two months in a row, and we've been wrestling through, you know, what does this mean when we, when we have doubt and we, we don't believe and, you know, the prayer of God help my unbelief, uh, in this situation. And I think one of the ways that we can respond to the places in life when we lack faith, when we feel overwhelmed by the circumstances and can't see a way out is by pursuing wisdom that God, God has given us direct access to through the counsel of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. But that wisdom is also alive and active in our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ who have walked longer than us. Yeah. <laughs> and so going to them and even hearing the words, you know, as my mother-in-law or your Sarah would say, God is sovereign. He is not taking your hand off of this situation, his hand off of this situation. He's not turned his back on you. He will provide. And I might sit there and think, well, easy for you to say, but you're not in my situation with a tuition bill due in a month and wondering how that money is going to arrive. But you know what? That reminder that God is faithful then puts me in a position to say, do you believe that God is faithful? And yes. and yes, why do I believe God is faithful? Because I can look back and see where he did provide even when I thought he wouldn't. Yeah. So, well, there's, so there's some promises coming up, which I find interesting too. This next little section here in verses where wisdom mm-hmm. promises some things. Um, verse 18 says, I have riches and honor as well as enduring wealth and justice. My gifts are better than gold, even the purest gold. My wages, better than sterling silver. I walk in righteousness and paths of justice. Those who love me inherit wealth. I will fill their treasuries. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of people getting up on platforms, you know, announcing this means, well, God just wants us to be healthy and wealthy and mm-hmm. wise is tacked on there at the end. But what does that really mean? This whole idea of wisdom bringing riches and honor. Yeah. Well, and I looked at this passage and I really didn't underline or highlight anything because I was a little scared. (laughs) I'm like, what does this mean? Because my temptation would be to go to, oh, come on, wisdom, bring on the riches and bring on the wealth. But if you stop at verse 19, my gifts are better than gold, even the purest of gold. My wages are better than sterling and so and and. Silver. So it's really, I feel like the, the writer is trying to say to us, you think money mm-hmm. is everything. You think physical wealth is all that you need. Well, you know how much you think you need that? You need wisdom that much more. Yes. Yeah. Which is not a prosperity gospel. That yeah. is a, you got your little priorities, a little askew here. Let's get back to the one thing that you do need. 
and seeing that as our greatest treasure. Not, I mean, yeah. the Lord is our greatest treasure, but seeing the wisdom as a treasure worthy of seeking. Yes, yes. Yeah. So on verse 22, I mean, I just stopped in my tracks when I read this. The Lord formed me from the beginning before he created anything else. Did you know that? That's why I've never seen that before. Wisdom before anything else, before the creation of the world, he created wisdom. Pretty powerful. (laughs) I I mean, I'm like, what does that, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? Well, even that next passage, I was appointed in ages past at the very first before the earth began. I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth, before the mountains were formed, before the hills before he made the earth and the fields and the first handful of soil. I mean, we're talking about before man was made to, quote, be wise, this idea of wisdom. And I I, I immediately connect that to the Lord, that yes. he existed before creation. He existed, you know, the, the Bible tells us in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He yes. is wisdom. He is wisdom. And, you know, just that concept of this is where we find wisdom, this idea, this thing, mm-hmm. this intangible that we want to gain, we find it in the one who is wisdom. We find yeah. our wisdom in him. Yeah. Yeah. He is. We can't experience the wisdom God created without experience his himself as the creator through mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, who is God himself. I mean, it's this like. You can't chase down the the head from the tail. I mean, it's all it's all one one thing, and and so there's the challenge. If we say we say we're Christ followers, if we say we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, are we yielding to the fullness of who He is as our Lord and Savior? And so, is our source of wisdom, is our source of truth, is our opinion Jesus? And, and I, I, I'm getting convicted as a mama that that's the biggest prayer I probably should have for my kids Mm. and and for those I love that, that Jesus would be their all, Mm -hmm. not, not as a figure on a throne, but as the fullness of their whole like operating system. Yeah. And that transference of, you know, I, I don't want them to just. And if you're a young mama and you're in this season, you know, hear us, there is importance. And, and I think the body is increasingly not modeling this. There is importance to understanding rules and boundaries and structure and all of those Mm -hmm. things. But our end goal as parents is to point our children to yieldedness to Christ, to God in their lives. And our end goal as women I want to be a woman who is yielded to God's purpose in my life. And I'm skipping a little bit, but verses 29 and 30 really jumped out to me kind of in this along the same idea what you're talking about here. Um, Speaking of wisdom, I was there when he set the limits of the seas so they would not spread beyond their boundaries. And when he marked Mm -hmm. off the earth's foundations, I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence. And for me, there was an interesting connection there between boundaries, plans of an architect, and joy, delight. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're in an interesting age right now where we kind of worship the idea of freedom. As Americans, we do that. Um, this generation that's, that's vocal through social media and through book writing and movie making, there's this, we have this, this idol of freedom. I can do what I want autonomy. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm free from boundaries. I'm free from authority. I can do what I want. And there's a, you know, you talk about this, the speaker's corner, there's this battle cry going out, right? Mm -hmm. Freedom and, and freedom representing lack of boundaries, lack of order. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I think there's something really cool here. This idea of delight and rejoicing in boundaries um, yeah. that God has given us. He's given us, this is what you're to do. This is what you're not to do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he's delightful. Yeah. Embrace that. Yeah. No, I um, see it. It's jumping off here, you know, backing up to verse 27. 
I was there when he established uh-huh. the heavens, when he drew the horizon lines on the ocean. I was there when he set the clouds above and established springs deep in the earth. I was there when he set the limits of the sea so they would not spread beyond their boundaries. I mean, and then the next, I marked off the earth's foundation. You you read that part. But this idea that God, God set limits, boundaries, he established order. Yeah. He established a place. To, yes. Even to, even in verse 31, how happy I was with the world he created, how I rejoiced with the human family. And, you know, I'm not going to jump up on a platform, but I am going to say this. If you are our sister and you're listening right now, do not let yourself get sucked into the lies of the enemy of the world that say there's no such thing as boundaries. There's no such thing as rules. They only bring displeasure. They only bring fear. They only bring disappointment there is delight and beauty Mm. to be had in the design that the god of this universe set out to create he he was the architect is still the architect yeah it's his design i love it i love that and well we were um well i was at a baby shower yesterday and this this beautiful woman and her husband they're like tell us everything you've done with parenting because they've taught our kids and so they are like and they spend time with us socially so so she's always asking me for advice like how do you do this how do you do this and I said well I didn't know how to do it I didn't I mean I came from a broken dysfunctional home and I um my husband's didn't pay attention to how his parents did it because it just was, which is very the plain way. This is just it, you know? And so I, as a young mom, I asked questions. I looked at the people that were ahead of me and I said, how do you produce children that turn out this way? Like, Mm. how do you handle these situations? And I was so grateful. Um, Somebody had given us a book that I think is controversial to people and I don't understand why, but it's called uh, Shepherding a Child's Heart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he lays out, this is how you discipline. But really what he did for us in that book as young parents, at the end of each chapter of the edition that I read, I'm assuming it's still the same, maybe not 18 years later, um, there were questions about what is it that you want for your child? How do you want them to turn out? What are the things that you want to major on and what are minors? And then that sets you kind of your, these are the things that we're going to discipline and these are the things that we're not going to discipline. And and his premise was, you said this a little bit, um, the goal is that they would know how to grow up and yield to the authority of God. Yes. And that they would have to practice yielding to authority through our role of parenting. So we had to be very intentional about the things we were going to ask them to yield to and first say, is this consistent with God's desire for their character and their behavior? And it was hard. Mm-hmm. It was hard, but it got us on the same page. And our kids could tell you, you know, some of the things that we majored on was the way our kids treat each other mm-hmm. and, and the tone that is used. Even Abby said to me last night, Mom, you got to get on the twins. They're interrupting is like out of control. <laughs> And you dealt with that with us. And I'm like, and now I feel like I'm living in an episode of Gilmore Girls. Like, is that crazy when they do that? They turn around and they call you to account. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, I've been humbled enough in my lifetime to say, yes, I do. I need mm-hmm. to get on that. And I thank you for the reminder because uh, this is one of those areas that we majored on showing respect by letting a person finish their thought and not interrupting. And it has been a lifelong battle with my children. I mean, this is not our nature to be thoughtful. Um, So I just, I look at this and I look at the boundary lines that because of the people that spoke into my life and helped shape me as a young mom, I learned the value of also putting kind of boundary lines on my kids, not everywhere all the time, but on things that I could think ahead and say, how will this manifest in 10 years from now if it's not dealt with now? Well, and that was a book that really shaped me too. And we'll drop a link to that um, or the, yeah. the uh, information on that later. I feel like Ted Tripp maybe, but yes. I could be wrong. Um, yes. Oh, let me say one more thing about this. Yeah. So the reason why I took that book and like devoured it is the forward was written by David Powelson. 
Mm-hmm. And his daughters were at the boarding school as high school okay. students. And I love that. loved his daughters. And so there again, wisdom and testimony. Like yes. if he endorsed this and this is how his children turned out, I was like, tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you saw that life example. Well, and for me, I think one thing that just, and I guess because my heart so desperately needs it, kept coming out to me was the, the grace and the tenderness in that journey. And I am right in the throes of it again, of having to relearn. There's not a formula. There's Mm -hmm. not a, you know, checklist. There are lots of checklists and there's lots of helpful checklists, but there's not one that's going to make my child turn out like this. It's not an assembly line. It's not a factory. And, you know, we said it earlier, my goal is for them to long for a living active relationship Mm -hmm. with the Lord Um, and really that's for us as women, that tenderness, that grace. And that's what I see kind of leading into verses 32 and 33 Mm -hmm. is the relationship aspect of it. And we've talked a lot about parenting today. Um, but really what I think is so beautiful is that the, the tables are turned here and I'm the girl and my daddy is calling out to me. And I love this. Wisdom speaking, so my children listen to me. For all who follow my ways are joyful. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Don't ignore it. And I think, oh my word, we have had some freakishly hard conversations around the table in the past couple of months and years with kids who are pushing against boundaries and struggling and wanting that autonomy and wanting that freedom. And holy cow, I do that as a woman all the time. I do not want to be bound. Don't tell me what the rules are. Don't tell me there's a, you know, the whole feminist movement, glass ceiling, you know, and I'm not, I don't consider myself to be part of that, but I get that we don't want to be bound by rules. And yet God is saying to us, wisdom is saying to us here, no, 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 you get it all wrong. That's where the sweetness is. That's where the freedom is, Mm -hmm. is when you yield to me, the relationship aspect of it, the coming to my living and active word and seeing what I want to teach you, how I want to shape you. I don't have the answers. I don't, I mean, I can think I do for a while and those formulas work great for a while and then they don't work anymore. Yeah. Um, I got to keep coming back to the living God. And you said the Holy spirit, my teacher through Mm -hmm. his written word to say, come to me, find your joy, find the Mm -hmm. sweetness, find the freedom. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that we we have talked so much about parenting because that wasn't our intention, but probably because us as women right now in the stage of life that we're in, we are more desperate for wisdom mm-hmm. because of our motherhood and our marriages than we've ever been desperate because when, when you're dealing with how to get an education, how to get your first job, um, how to plan a wedding, those are things where there are very clear checklists for you're dealing with an entity that is has no personality per se, right? You're dealing with formulas and formats and structures, structures. So you just have to make decisions based on your own feelings, unfortunately, and preferences. But once you start raising children, that is a area and nurturing a marriage. Those are areas in which you're dealing with human beings that have their own. <laughs> opinions and thoughts and actions and <laughs> and now your choices are impacting their choices and their outcome and so I think there's no more vulnerable place to live than than in the knowledge that I'm impacting somebody else's life as a spiritual mother as a mentor as a mom as a wife and so to be a woman of wisdom means saying I have no idea what I'm doing and yeah. I don't know what's best for you but this is what the word of God says. Yes. And if it says, pay attention to my instructions and the instruction says this, then maybe this is what we should do. Yeah. Right. And so I loved in that verse that you read, uh, that joy is the promise. And it says it again, uh, verse 33 says, listen to my instruction and be wise. Don't ignore it. Joyful are those who listen to me watching for me daily at my gate. So it takes you right back to the beginning of the passage again, waiting for me outside my home. I'm like, uh, your home, wisdom, come dwell in my home. <laughs> like, 
Like this, I want you in my home. And I think, I think we can say that home is our physical temple and, and the space in which we dwell. And that, I don't know, a single person who would not say, I'd like my life to be marked by joy. And so if there's an absence of joy, I think we could ask the question safely, well, how come? Mm-hmm. What's stealing joy? And if we pursue wisdom, will we find joy? And so, and then verse 35, and we could we can wrap on this. For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. But those who miss me injure themselves. All who hate me love death. Talk about hard words to hear. Hard words. <laughs> Wisdom yeah. doesn't mince words. <laughs> but you know what? You said it. You know, if, if you're in a place where you are hopeless, helpless, you know, broken, downcast, this is a place to come back to as an anchor and say, okay, why? Mm-hmm, Am mm-hmm. I as the word says, joyfully listening to him for wisdom. Am I said it so many times, getting my face in the word. Am I coming back and saying, you teach me, Lord, you are wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a good checkpoint for us. It's a good, rather than letting defeat or um, lack of understanding or knowledge in a situation. Oh, I am preaching to my own heart and mind right now. <laughs> yeah. Rather than letting those things break us, they let them break us in the flesh to go back and, and really find joy in sitting at his feet and saying, Lord, teach me. How do you want me to walk in yeah. this life, in this particular situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, listen to my instruction and be wise. Don't mm-hmm. ignore it. Don't silence. Don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't hit silence on that phone, from, phone call from God. <laughs> right? And you and I are both right in this because we're both, you're just wrapped, you've just wrapped up publishing Yes. And um, launching that into the world and watching where it's going and helping it continue to grow. Um, I'm in the process of writing a new series and also working on my first book. Ah! Um, But what is that, you know, for us, what does that look like as we're wrapping up season one, seeking wisdom and seeking running after the Lord's vision for us? Yeah. So I, that's that's a good that's a good point because practically <laughs> speaking we are seeking wisdom you're seeking wisdom with how do you move forward and i'm seeking wisdom on how do i move forward so so i think the beauty of it is that we don't really have answers mm-hmm. and part of the process of of seeking wisdom is waiting yeah waiting to see what god has to say so we're going to wrap up this season one of of the podcast which included the unblinded faith mini season in there season two will come out but we don't have a date we don't have a time we don't have a a set structure on the series we don't even know what it will look like for you and i to to go forward together because we are waiting on the lord and saying um this 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 here uh where was it look for me waiting for me outside my home watching for me daily at my gates i think we're very much saying this has been such a beautiful, awesome, fun time together. And we have done exactly, I think, what we feel like God asked us to do. And the feedback has been, this has meant something to our listeners. And we are so delighted by that. And yet at the same time, probably because of our ages and because of saying, how does this fit in the big picture of what you're doing in my life, God? Show me what's next. Mm-hmm. And so... You had mentioned earlier to me saying that we should mention the um, survey. For yes. The, yeah. So for, for our listeners, we have a podcast survey. It's super short, but we would love to hear from you what's worked on the podcast for you, what hasn't worked, uh, what you would like from us going forward so that uh, we are seeking your counsel and trusting that you will seek the Lord on our behalf so that yeah. we give you what you need because this isn't just about us having an awesome time. This is about... <laughs> Um, this is about serving from the overflow of what God's doing in our life. And we want to be intentional to serve according to the needs that God has called us to meet. Yeah. So click that. We do want to encourage you to do that. Click over, um, fill out the survey. We both have resources that we're sharing at the bottom. Even as you go through the summer, 
we're going to take some time to focus on our families and what God's calling us to next. And um, so there's a couple of resources at the bottom that you can join as well, a challenge that I'm doing. Um, Lisa's got great resources for you to, to join in and be a part of. Um, and we want to close with a challenge question, as always, just because we're taking a little break does not mean we're not going to challenge you like we're being challenged. Yeah. Um, so I, I was thinking about this as we were kind of looking through this passage earlier. You know, there's this phrase adulting that's so, you know, popular in social media around. Mm-hmm. I just can't adult today. Um, and I was thinking about really that's kind of what this passage is about is, you know, pull on your big girl pants and grow up in the Lord. Um, mm. So, you know me, I always say I have a dare kind of, but I just want to encourage yeah. you as you're listening in what ways can you see that God might be calling you to adulting in your faith walk? You know, is there an area that might seem too hard that mm, I just don't know if I can get through this right now that God wants to be the one to give you that wisdom? Um, mm. And so is there an area where he's calling you to grow up, to grow into wisdom in him? And then the second question is, what what are the above instructions most impacted you and how God's challenging you to deeper wisdom today? So take a few minutes, open up Proverbs 8 yourself and kind of dig through and, and look at which specific instructions in this season of my life is God challenging me to obey him more deeply, to seek wisdom in him? Those are great questions. And I will take us into prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this awesome time with Angela, not only today, but this entire season of studying scripture together. Father, there are such delights that come from being in your word, and those delights are multiplied when we're in your word with your your children. And so, Father, thank you for giving us this privilege of having a podcast and speaking into the hearts of the women who are listening, maybe even the men who are listening. God, would you please uh, continue to speak your word as we go on to a little podcast hiatus here and take a break, Father. Would it not be a break from scripture, not be a break from our relationship with you, but be a time of rest, Lord. I think of how you taught us by example, you made and created the world in six days, and on the seventh, you rested, and you created rest for us. And so we are modeling that. We are taking rest. And Father, show us how to do so in a way that is restorative to our souls and our lives. And Lord, I pray that you would fill uh, the airwaves of our listeners with your voice uh, while we are silent. And God, we thank you for this podcast. Thank you again for Angela and thank you for the work you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Ah, We love you guys and we're so thankful to be able to share this season with you. And we want to, as always, thank you for listening to the More to Be podcast. We're praying that you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and His Word during your time with us today and with this season. Be sure to visit moretobe.com slash podcast for show notes and free downloadable resources. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.